We didn't do a lot in this integrative health space before and that was highlighted. So we sort of headhunted and we actually have a pharmacist who is the only pharmacist in South Australia who has actually done a fellowship course in the ACNAM field. So one of the patients who's been sort of suffering from vertigo for over three years, she saw our pharmacist over four consults and she actually overcame the problem. And her GP actually rang us to say what was done for her because she's actually overcome the vertigo problem that he's been trying to treat for over two or three years. And he then sent us two of his other patients. That probably sort of summarizes the whole journey for us of one service, which is outside of the stream of the things that's been highlighted during the pharmacy of the year journey and how even that has actually impacted someone's health. Hi, I'm Sam Afsar, owner at Pharmacy 777 Shoalwater and Pharmacy of the Year winner. And you're listening to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia, focusing on pharmacy management and ownership. The PBCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. Going from being a pharmacy struggling to stay afloat and at risk of shutting down, to turning everything around and becoming a pharmacy recognised for its excellence, Pharmacy 777 in Shoalwater took home the title of Pharmacy of the Year at this year's APP conference. Pharmacy 777 also became the category winner for excellence in community engagement. From Christmas parties, naming competitions, Easter egg hunts, casual chats and even birthday visits, the team at Pharmacy 777 has consistently shown that community comes first. In this episode, we will be hearing firsthand from Sam Afsar, one of the owners of Pharmacy 777. We'll be delving into the strategies and practices that helped turn the tide, create meaningful relationships with their patients and fellow healthcare practitioners, and become an integral part of the community it serves. Please enjoy getting to know more about Pharmacy 777 Shoalwater. Here's Sam. Glad to have you here on the show, Sam, and a big congratulations. Your pharmacy, Pharmacy 777 in Shoalwater, not only won the Excellence in Community Engagement category for Pharmacy of the Year at APP, but you also became the overall winner. So the obvious question to kick off is, how does it feel being the Pharmacy of the Year and what does it mean for you and your staff? Hi, Daniel. Thanks for that. Oh, it has been an incredible journey and it, uh, it is a very humbling award for us. And it's not just a win for us, for our pharmacy team and a massive recognition for all their hard work, but it is also a big win for our entire community. We are a family, not just inside our four walls. Our entire community has actually works as one. Speaking of your staff and as a way to show appreciation for everything they do, tell us a bit about them. What do you find so special about your team, those people that you work with day-to-day on the front line? Our team is, uh, is incredibly important and incredibly special. We are, we are bonded by... a a very common why, which is to provide the personalized care to every single patient that is is living inside inside our community. Um, The the culture is such that um, we encourage and we empower each other. Um, Like there is a lot of talk about different innovations and it's actually, you can have innovative ideas, but how do you go about implementing them? And this is where our team is so special because we think outside the box and we are always pulling each other up. The, as implementing new ideas have actually been such a, um, such a great experience for us. It is about having some fun. I mean, if, I mean, if you, if you actually walk into Shoalwater for five minutes, 
Um, I think you'll know exactly what I mean. It is a very fun, loving and a, and a very happy team. Speaking of your team, speaking of yourself, the other thing that goes into it is the community, Shoalwater. And to give some background, Pharmacy 777, obviously it's located in Shoalwater, but it is a small seaside town about 65 kilometres or so south of Perth with a pretty large elderly population. What is it that your community values from a pharmacy like yours? We have an amazing community. It, it does have, have its challenges because it is a very elderly elderly community, as you actually mentioned. I think the personalised care, as I actually mentioned earlier, that, that we treat every, every, every single patient and we'll actually greet them by their first names and we, we just know them so well. So it is a very um, engaged, a very family vibe. I think that engagement between the pharmacist and the patient and, the, and that patient care is actually something that they value. But also it's about the consistency of delivery because our pharmacy is open 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. 365 days a year. Um, on any day or at any time when you walk in, the standard of that care does not drop. It's not as it's it's not just the services we provide, but it's the care that you provide on each individual patient that doesn't drop. It's that consistency of the of the actual delivery. And we have this saying: it's it's all about how you make the patient feel. So every time that they walk in, the the most important part for us that we focus on, not just about. Uh, as a pharmacist or the or pharmacy manager or the pharmacy owner for every single staff member is how are we making these patients feel? And I think they really do do appreciate our, our, our focus in actually making sure that they do walk away with the best health solutions and, and, they, and, and the fact that they know that we genuinely care. Sam, consistency isn't just a gimme. It doesn't just happen. It takes some effort. And your pharmacy has gone through some big, changes going from a struggling business just a few years ago to the success that you have now. It's a long, hard, but rewarding journey. And your team put in a lot of work to turn the pharmacy around and and get it to where it needs to be. You spoke earlier about innovation and that would have played a part in your success. But can you walk us through some of the process that you went through and, and what the biggest changes were? We are all about that patient care. And I did mention that it's all about how you make the patients feel. But also like an important part of that is when they walk in, what do they see? That visual impact. Struggling for three, four years and uh, we only had uh, six of us inside the team. Um, we weren't doing so well at that stage, but we had a very dated uh, looking premises, which uh, had a lot of uh, different non-health products. Um a lot of gift where um, things that are not really health lines. So we sort of came together as a team and we decided that, uh, that if you're going to be honest about where we are and what the patients are actually seeing, they're not seeing what we want them to see because they, are, they can hear it, but they can't see it. And that visual effect is, is also a huge part. And also the offer wasn't really right because we couldn't market or advertise or um, merchandise our services on the shelves because we had so much rubbish on our shelves. So we had to go through the journey of, of actually changing our stock mix um, and actually getting rid of all of, as in all of the giftware, things like your cosmetics, and just purely focusing on a very, very um, health-based pharmacy. Uh, we also had to change the workflow because, our, or we had to design the premises that allows the workflow that allows our pharmacists to interact with all the patients. So we, in our pharmacy, we, um, we, we, we do operate um, with the 
with that motto that our pharmacist hands out every single prescription and our pharmacist actually talks to every single patient for any health inquiry. And we have a very good dispensary team and as a very good dispensary technicians who actually allow us, us to do our, our work really well. So they look after the dispensary while, while obviously we are at the front line um, actually talking to every patient. Now, this concept is great. But setting it up and setting up the workflow, you do need to organize your premises. And uh, so that's where the changes came. And we had to look into things like um, how, how we can maximize the efficiency, how we can reduce the waiting time. This is a huge uh, part to play in our elderly community, especially post-COVID, because COVID brought the risks of these elderly patients not wanting to get out of their home too much. Even if they were getting out of the home, themselves and their family members were concerned how long they're inside a pharmacy for in that risk of catching germs. So we had to make things happen at a um, at an efficient rate so that patients are not waiting around for too long. So we did install a um, uh, as a dispense robot. We call him Spencer the dispenser. So and uh, and he's and he's been incredibly valuable sort of team member inside our our team. He has made the processes a lot more um, uh, efficient. And also we, we, we now have two fully functioning consult rooms because we were doing um, thousands of vaccinations every year, especially with COVID that was even, um, uh, even double or triple the number. And we were sort of struggling to cope up from just one consult room. So we said rejig the place and we had two consult rooms and the robot because we don't have a, a very big premise. So we just had to maximize what we stand for um, and, uh, and, the, and, the, and the efficiency had to, be, had to be maximized so that we could deliver that. Sam, we've spoken a little bit about you having an older population and clientele there. I know it's a generalization, but I can't help myself. Older people are not usually scared about sharing their opinions. They would have had some opinions on your changes. How did that play into getting it right? That is a great question because that was probably a, an absolute pivotal part that we weren't focused on when we weren't doing things right because we've become so close to the community and there is different community uh, clubs and different sort of, as in the bowling clubs, the actually cricket club, the, um, the, the, the various bridge clubbers. And there's a lot of different small little pockets of clubs that we are part of. Every time we go there and we actually speak to them and we ask them for advice, we have got some absolute rippers out of there. Um, there's been some um, some great advice on how we can do things better, um, about uh, how they're finding that their friends are struggling with. And in fact, our the concept of the whole transplant um, care came out of these conversations because we had a lady whose neighbor just came out of a, of a transplant procedure really struggling in their own home. And um, then another lady said the, a similar thing. So we thought, hang on a second, is there anything there that we can do to support them? So a lot of us, some of our services have actually been modified to be more relevant or even created from these conversations. And we have a very honest community, so they keep us honest about it. So if there is, um, so if the, if we drop the ball anywhere, um, we would be, you know, obviously we'd be told, which is a great thing because um, it, it also goes the other way. Because now that we won the award, the amount of people coming to congratulate us, like it, it, it almost brings us to tears. It's uh, such a big community vibe. Like after the awards were announced and this went. On, on our Facebook page, we literally had hundreds of people ringing in, coming in just to say, 
Well done. Congratulations. And honestly, that is the, that is the biggest win for us. Outstanding. And as a marketer myself, Sam, that engagement with your target audience and the way you've gone about it, it really warms my heart. So well done. But change is never easy, even when the team is on board, even when your target audience is wanting the change to happen, everyone wants it to happen. It's still hard. It still takes focus and commitment. Did the pharmacy experience any big challenges during the changes? Our biggest challenge was, again, to see, okay, so this is what we are going to do. But the challenge that we sort of anticipated is how is the community going to respond? Not just the patients, but how are the other businesses or the allied health businesses going to respond to what we are trying to do? Um, there's, a, there's a lot of pharmacies within within that Shoalwater Rockingham region. There's there's close to 10. So it's, uh, it's, it's also like a matter of how are we standing out to be different and is it actually relevant to our community? And also when it comes to the premise adjustment, when you have 100 square metre space, it's not a lot of space to put in a row, but two consult rooms still have um, about, uh, about four dispensary stations and a pharmacist front model along with service walls. It's not simple it's uh it is it is quite challenging to fit that all in um and we also do i i um as in like a lot of this dose administration aids as well so we've actually gone from a team of just having six or seven staff members to now having 18 staff members now um so we've had a big growth to sort of cater for so i think our challenges really was is to see the reaction from uh so from inside the team, from our community and from the other businesses. The way I guess we always uh, try to tackle that is again by involving everyone in every part of the way so that they actually had a bit of a say, they saw what's going on, they gave us the feedback. Even for example, the robot, while it, uh, before it was built, we sort of started a naming competition and there was over 400 entries. And uh, basically, patients really love the fact that we are doing it for them to save their time. We made it very clear that it's not about, not just about us, it's more about you because we don't want you to have to wait for too long for your scripts. And they really appreciated the fact that it is going back to them. So the lady that ended up winning it, she shared all over her, uh, her sort of Facebook page that my name, Spencer, actually is the name of the robot that got selected. And she shared it with her entire bowling club, her entire workplace. They were so excited to hear it. Excellent. You mentioned it earlier, and so I wanted to sort of circle back around to it. One of the things your pharmacy focus on is post-hospital care, which is something that has been quite challenging for your elderly patients. You have worked with leading transplant doctors in WA to design trial and obviously implement a post-transplant care plan into a community setting. How did you go about creating that care plan and what has it done for your patients? What's the outcome been? With the elderly communities, um, going in and out of hospital is a um, is it is a very challenging experience. I, I guess it's a challenging experience for anybody. But when you when you are a little bit um, frail and you don't have a, as much support, um, it can be very daunting. We had patients going into the hospital with with a, a, the the challenges they face is probably a lot more psychological just outside of just the unknown and what's going to happen afterwards. And obviously, once they come out, there is a lot of changes to their medications, which can be quite confusing. Quite a lot of these patients are already on 10 plus medicines as it is. And when they come out and there's change on, let's say, six of them and two more new added in, even if 
sounds confusing as if uh, even as I'm talking about it. Um, so how do we sort of go about mitigating that? So our, so we sort of designed a pre-hospital support uh, program and a and a post-discharge care plan. Now that was actually um, uh, uh, we were very lucky to have a lot of support from our uh, from our pharmacy triple seven group because they also. Uh, they also have the actual business development managers that came and helped us to liaise with some of the hospitals and doctors in in creating that program. I must say that, um, but that um, that really sort of gave us uh, a very um, concrete plan of how we're going to support our patients when they're going into the hospital. Because yes, they know they're about to go through a surgery, and yes, we do know we're not doctors; we're not there out there explaining the procedure to them. But it's about the mental impact they're about to have, and just letting them know that we're going to be there for them. And also, when they come out, that's where we, our, our expert pharmacists, actually come into play. All of our pharmacists inside the pharmacy, they are actually specialist pharmacists, so they have sort of specialised whether it comes to HMRs, whether it actually comes to different um, uh, like things, for example, wound care support, things like sleep apnea services. So they've all sort of specialised in one area or another. And it's all about bringing it all together. So once a patient comes out, uh, we we can obviously deliver their medications to them. We can send the pharmacist out to their homes to explain to them that what the changes are and what we can do to help support to implement those changes, whether whether it's a dose administration aids, whether it's a um, it's an it's an actual dosage box, or just sometimes just the impart that knowledge. I think the post-hospital discharge community pharmacists can have such a big role to play in reducing the rehospitalizations overall. Transplant care, an extension of that. So basically, uh, some of the heavy-duty transplant medications, they were under the S100 scheme and they could only be provided from the hospitals. Now, that changed a few years ago and now they can be available from your community. They have got a very large side effect profile and they sort of the brands can also be quite um, like as in the different brands are not always necessarily provide the same outcome. So there's a lot of knowledge um, around that that's uh, that's lacking inside inside that post-transplant phase within the community in general. Uh, so, and also the patients need help when it comes to mobility, when it comes to medication management, when it comes to their wound care uh, uh, sort of support um, in general. So that's, and all of the services we actually specialize on from our pharmacy. So it was a matter of reaching out to the transplant physicians and the GPs and the patient care focus groups to see that what can a community pharmacy do to help support these patients. And we then sort of formulated a care plan that actually uh, that can be quite robust and that can be used by any transplant patient living inside the community. And the and the and the physicians refer to us. So they would know that if any of the patients living in our in our community, they can come to us and and obviously all of our all of, all of programs we created together with them so that they know that they are designed to help their patients really well. Well, speaking of reaching out to doctors, you have created some really good relationships with other local health practitioners, obviously, such as GPs and and dentists. Can you talk to us a little bit about how important it actually is for pharmacists to get out of the shop and, and collaborate and build relationships with other health practitioners and ultimately what the benefits are for not only the business, but also the patients? 
I'm glad you actually mentioned that because usually when you are talking about collaboration, it's it's about what you get out of it and also what the other parties get out of it. But the but the last part you mentioned is there is a benefit to the patient because when a pharmacist and a doctor uh, or even two allied health professionals when they collaborate, the um, the positive uh, outcome of that the the biggest person that actually benefits from that is actually the patient. And that part is key to understand when you are in that patient care game is what's going to give the patient the best health outcome. From our perspective, a lot of our uh, service models uh, and the and the and the protocols have been made a lot better and and a lot more um, uh, I guess uh, clinical by the involvement of the local GPs and the and the local specialists. A classic example is uh, is our sleep services. We are. We have a very, very busy sleep apnea clinic, um, and we see over over a hundred patients a month very easily. And basically, in that in that space, we pretty much had to redesign our entire sleep module five years ago, because the back then a three year sort of sleep program that we were running back then did not have any uptake. Whereas as soon as we changed it and made it more relevant for the GPs, more professional and clinical for the for the GPs and also for the patients, all of a sudden it actually took off. So I think when you do when you do collaborate, um, it, it it can make your services better. You just gotta um, be open about what their feedback might be, um, and and also uh, from the GP perspective, I mean I think one of the key services we provide we have a HMI clinic that actually operates from our pharmacy. So we have a few pharmacists inside our team that can provide HMRs. And from, from that sort of perspective, what the GP tells a patient to do, does the patient really do that when they go back home? And that's where the pharmacist and the, from, the, from the community pharmacies can work very close to the GPs to actually make sure that, that these reviews can be conducted. And, and it doesn't have to be that specialist level, even at a general conversation when we talk to a patient, because we are the compliance experts, we can remind them on how to take the medicine properly and actually connect and, and engage with them in that, in that simple concept of, are you taking your medicine correctly? The changes that you've made have had a significant positive impact on your community. We spoke earlier about how you engaged with the community during the change program and when you were designing it. And they were very vocal in helping design the changes and and giving you ideas and feedback. So it'd be great to hear you talk about what some of the feedback you have received post the changes from your patients. So I'll give you one example. We we didn't do a lot in this integrative health space before, and that was that was highlighted. So we sort of headhunted, and um, and we actually have a pharmacist who is the only pharmacist inside Australia, um, who who has actually done a fellowship course in the uh, in the in the acnum field. So um, one of the patients who's been sort of suffering from vertigo for over three years, she saw our pharmacist for um, over four consults and and she and she over and she, and she actually overcame the problem and her GP actually rang us to say what was done for her because um, she's actually overcome the like the vertigo problem that he's been trying to treat for over two or three years and he then sent us two of his other patients 
So that's probably a that probably sort of summarizes the whole journey for us of one service which is outside of the stream of the things that's been highlighted during the pharmacy of the year journey, um, and how even that has actually impacted someone's health. Um, and even um, so, one of the other guys uh, uh, who I must mention, I can't say his name obviously, but um, his uh, his journey when it comes to his his energy levels, his sleep, like he, he used to just come in by multivitamins and. After a few few conversations, we found out it was actually um, it was actually sleep disorders. So he ended up having severe obstructive sleep apnea, which we then helped him address. Um, and then some of the other different integrative health issues that he had, um, so specific to the gut. Once he overcame those little challenges, he drives about twenty minutes to come to our pharmacy, uh, coming past ten to fifteen pharmacies easily, uh, probably more. But he won't go anywhere else. He would only only ever come to us, and um, I think in the transplant field is probably the is is the actual actual third example. I'll give third and last, and like like uh, you know we have a patient that actually drives thirty minutes to come to us because we dress their so transplant wound um, in the in the in the seven week mark when he first came out of the hospital, and it was a small thing that we did for him, but he was so grateful that um, he doesn't go anywhere else. At a time where people are feeling quite vulnerable too, so I'm sure that was very important for him. Now, Sam, you and the team, you're not just health professionals, you're part of the community, and it is one, as we said a couple of times throughout this conversation, it is an elderly one, and many of them don't have family around. Not only do you throw a Christmas party for your patients every year, but you also make a special effort to send personalised birthday cards and small gifts with many elderly people being so prone to loneliness and isolation how important are these gestures and what do they mean for your patients and and even for you and the team to be able to do it i think the loneliness and isolation in in this particular age group is something that um that really is a huge concern um, and uh, to be honest with you, we are just doing a very, very small part. And but, however, we just do see how it just puts a smile on their face. And at the end of the day, like I said, right at the beginning, it's it's all about how you make them feel. Um, look, we like we've we've all been blessed to be be our grandparents, and you know their love is a bit different. And we do sort of feel feel so loved when they do sort of come into these parties in their best dress with their best hats on. And they just look forward to it. They would bring their neighbours. They would just talk about it for the weeks um, leading on and, and, and the weeks afterwards. And that's only the Christmas party. Like during COVID, we had so many phone calls going, oh, so are you guys, are you guys still doing the Christmas party this year? Obviously, we couldn't do it for those couple of years. And then the third year that we did it, we had to cap it to 200 because we just had that many that many people just, just RSVPing in. And it was quite sad because we couldn't do two events at that time, which which I think this year we will do. Uh, but look, no, it's, a, it's absolutely an amazing feel. I think I think for any any pharmacy owners or pharmacist staff listening in, get involved with the community. It is just such an amazing feel. Outstanding. I love that story. Now, Sam, you just spoke about other pharmacies that are listening. They may be out there struggling with their current operations and maybe they'd like to make some changes. They're inspired by your story and your journey. As someone who has been on both sides of the fence, in your mind, what are some of the key things somebody should do or, or think about to build a successful pharmacy? For me, it's, it always starts with the why. So it's just been very clear about why are you there and obviously what's your purpose. And if that purpose is clear for yourself, that's probably the key. And then that and that's a resonates amongst your team. 
And I think the, the first place to look at is the people around you, which is your team, and um, to actually empower your team and to engage your team. Once you can do that, the rest of the process becomes pretty simple. Uh, so it's just all about sort of standing for a, for a purpose and just taking your team along with you in that journey. I know the last week or so has been a blur traveling to the other side of the country and back for APP and everything that APP has to offer. And of course, the fanfare that comes with winning awards. This might sound a little bit of a tough question, but what does the future look like for your pharmacy? Sometimes it's all about doing what you do well doing it better. So we do have a lot of sort of services in play which are quite relevant within the community already. It's just a matter of consistently delivering them and that consistency comes with a lot of um, repetition and hard work and the culture. So I guess our, uh, and at the the same time, post-pandemic has shown us how important health is to any individual across the globe. So I think it's a matter of being open to the different changes that are coming. We are, as a pharmacy and a, and a community, very excited about the full scope of practice that is now at the forefront of the focus inside the industry. And I think that will play a huge role in communities like Shoalwater and in any, any, any other community across Australia in terms of what we can do to help our patients. And again, it will be in collaboration with everybody. No one's actually stepping into anyone else's toes. It's just about full scope of profession um, that, that can be actually utilized. So we are very much looking forward to what that would allow us to deliver to our community. And look, we're very excited and grateful. Sam, thank you so much for taking us inside Pharmacy 777 Shoalwater and the amazing change journey you and the team have been on and the excellent work that you do in the community. It was amazing to hear. And of course, once again, congratulations on winning Guild Pharmacy of the Year. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thank you so much for your time. From hearing about everything they do, it's clear that they have managed to encapsulate everything that Pharmacy of the Year is about. I encourage you to take any lessons learned from this episode and apply them to your own business. Listening and involving yourself in the community can truly make a difference, as we heard from Sam. Before we sign off, I would also like to take a moment to recognise the other amazing pharmacies that made it to the final stage. These pharmacies have all achieved fantastic things in their communities, and I'm excited to announce that you'll be hearing each of their stories on the podcast as well soon. So keep an eye out for those upcoming episodes as we continue to showcase the amazing work being done by pharmacies right across the country. Once again, a big congratulations to the team at Pharmacy 777 Shoalwater. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and you've been listening to episode 121 of the PBCN Podcast. The PBCN Podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.